0: We talking hoops season two. Let's go. What up, doe? It's your coach. Who talks hoops the most? It's Coach Cam with the podcast flow. Jump shot is still wet. And the podcast goes, talking hoops all day, worldwide across the globe, overseas to the league. Big 10 to the GLIAC. AU you to high school and any gym that he at. Highlights, offers. Who's about to transfer? Was coach getting hired? Coach Cam's got the answer. He said, dude, too cool. So smooth with the hoop moves. Every week we talking hoops. This is season two. So buckle up for this ride. That's what you need to do. Because we talking hoops. Yeah. You already know what it is, it's your coach that knows hoops the most, talking of hoops when Coach Cam is back, like we never left, this is episode 19, back from the quarantine, and back at you with some more live hoops talk, man, you know how it would go, man, Coach Cam had to take a few weeks off, couple months, lay back, you know what I'm saying, not really lay back, you know, taking care of the boys and, you know, my wife, the family and all that, you know what I'm saying, but I had to let the basketball hoop talk build up a little bit, because, you know, there's only so much, you know, bubble talk you can talk about. But we got a lot of topics basketball-wise that we can cover. This week, we're going to talk about the, the playoffs and the bubble, of course. We're going to talk about Houston. Is Houston done? What are the Lakers going to do now, now that they're chilling in the conference finals? We got a couple Game 7s that's, that's already happened. Got a Game 7 that's about to happen between the Clippers and... Uh, the Nuggets, that's coming up soon this week uh, We're going to talk about college hoops a little bit uh, A couple guys have been recruited uh, Some uh, committed to schools A couple guys that I've seen While I've been out coaching AAU So we're going to talk high school and AAU for a little bit Because i got a couple updates for you guys But you already know what it is, man Since your a coach that knows hoops the most And you know what I'm going to start off with, man i got to start off with the league, man we back in the bubble, baby Back in the bubble, it's playoff action in the bubble And it's a couple of things that have happened in the bubble. The NBA figured it out. The NBA figured it out, man. They got daily testing and no none of their stars, no major players outside of Lou Will leaving the bubble to go get some wings. And I don't blame them. Now they got the Lou Will wings at Magic City. Hey, Magic City spot on a Monday. I told you I'm trying to tell you. But anyway. Other than that, they've been doing great with the testing. Nobody really caught the virus while we are in the bubble. And they showed the other leagues how to get it done. So they've been getting it done. And the playoffs have been very exciting for me. For me, it looks the same. It looks like basketball. Not having a crowd doesn't look that different to me because I know how how them games are when you just playing in the gym with your guys and y'all just y'all bumping. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't worried about no crowd or your girl out there or your son or, or none of that. You just bumping. You playing. You hooping. That's what these guys are doing, man. They are in the bubble. And, excuse me, these guys are hooping, man. They They are, the playoffs have lived up to expectations for me. For some other people that are just casual basketball fans, maybe not having fans bothers them. Maybe not hearing the sound of... The The crowd affects how they watch the game. To me, it's it's just the same to me, if not even better, uh, because you really got to focus on the game. You know, there's no advantages. You don't have a home court advantage. You don't have the superstar whistle, even though you might get a little bit of that action. Uh, but it's real. It's real ball, man. It's real ball. Some hoopers is going at it. The coaches don't really mean much. You know, it's hey guys is going at it. And the big-time players are making big-time plays. So you're seeing guys like Kawhi Leonard dropping big numbers. Uh, Greek Freak dropping big numbers. Harden, Jamal, Murray, uh, Spider, Mitchell. I mean, guys have been putting up some buckets and some big numbers in the bubble. That's what it is because they just out there hooping. They ain't really worried about much about whether we're going to win or who going to talk trash and had a bragging whites going back upstairs because that's what real hoopers do. That's what we've been doing forever. I say we because I'm a hooper first. Always oh, gonna give you from the Hooper perspective first. Then I'm gonna give you the Coach Cam perspective. But as a Hooper, we've been doing this all our lives. You know what I'm saying? You go, you hoop, you play your game. Like even on the AU tournament, you go, you play your game, one game or two. Go back to the hotel. Might jump in the pool for a little bit, get a little bit of heat. Walk across the street to the gas station. Back to the room to do it all again the next day. And that's what the bubble is doing every other day. They got games going on, and it's some highly. Highly, highly competitive game. So we had a couple game sevens pop off that I want to touch on. The first game seven I want to touch on is the Raptors and the Celtics. I mean, these two teams were going at it. And you talk about a Celtics team that does not have Gordon Hayward. Right, so they're playing really good ball in the bubble. I don't know if you noticed know or not. We talked about Boston a long time ago in one of our episodes, to saying they got a chance to come out of the East, and you are seeing it right now. They're playing some really good basketball without Gordon Hayward, with a humble Kimba Walker they playing against the Raptors. They're going tit for tat. They're going possession for possession. I mean, the series went from 3-3. It easily could have been 3-1 with 0.5 seconds. I don't know what Boston was thinking going on on the inbound. And they're able to throw it on the other side of the court for a spot-up three for the game. Right? Ties the series up or makes it 3-1. Not, and now you're in trouble. Now you got to go seven games. When all you have to do is match up and don't file you win the game. No, I think I thought Brad Stevens was doing a little bit too much right there. Uh just just guard it how you normally guard. It. If they make a contested shot, fine. But anyway, uh back to game seven, the Raptors and the Celtics. Tip for tat, possession, possession, Kyle Lowry making big plays. Right? Jalen Brown making big plays. Jason Tatum making big plays. But for the Raptors, where's Pascal, man? Where's Pascal? I thought I thought Pascal. Was a max player. This time last year. People were telling us. That Pascal Siakam. Was a max player. But he did not perform. Like a max player. In his playoff series. He kind of got exposed. Boston has a great matchup for him. You can put Tatum on him. You can put Jalen Brown on him. Like. Like. That's a perfect matchup for him, got a 6'6, 6'7, 6'8 that can move and contest and jump and athletic. Man, that little two little dribbles to the left, spin back right, was not working. And he's going to have to add the three ball to this game. He's not just going to be able to walk guys down and get to the rim like that. Like he, uh, another version of the Greek Freak, like it's not going to happen. Boston shut it down. I mean, Jalen Brown, Tatum shut it down. Siakam, what happened, my man? He's going to have to get back to the lab. He's really going to have to rewatch this series and how to. And, but he's a young guy, man, mid-20s. So, I mean, he's still got time to be great. But he did not perform in the series He was very uh, Lowry-ish in the playoffs Like Lowry Now this year, this Lowry we saw This is the Lowry that won the chip This is the Lowry that plays for Team USA That dude was balling I mean the pull-up he made in Kimball What was it, game six? To, to take it to a game seven I mean actually it took it to overtime Tough move, tough Those were the new moves that you learn playing king of the court with your fellas, your guys, and you know how to go to it when you you need one more bucket for a win. That's one of those kind of buckets that Kyle Lowry have, and I'm gonna give Kyle Lowry credit. I wasn't always the biggest Kyle Lowry fan because he in the playoffs with him and DeRozan, he dropped some duds, and he ain't the type of guy that can drop some duds and still become a max player. He's been playing like a max player, so shout out to Kyle Lowry, but. Pascal Siakam uh, did not bring it this series. I'm going to tell you who did bring it this series. Guy by the name of Jason Tatum. Holy smokes. I mean, this guy can barely buy a beer. I mean, barely. He might be 21. Maybe 22, and if you ask him what is his favorite beer, he probably don't even know or even drink it. I don't even drink beer. See, that's the kind of answer somebody that's 21 is. You ask somebody that's 31, you ask them what kind of beer. They're going to tell you exactly what kind of beer they drink if they do drink beer. Or I'm just saying, I was 21. Ah, like, oh, man, I don't drink beer, man. Give me a Corona. You know, you ask me at 31, I'll say, hey, man, give me a tail too hard. So, I mean, it's just a tale of the age. But the boy can barely buy a beer. But I'm going to tell you like this. He is a B-U-C-K-E-T, a bucket. See, I'm a dad, so you know, not have to speak dad language sometimes, start spelling out for you, because that's exactly what he's been doing. He's been spelling out buckets, and it, particularly against the Toronto Raptors. Boy, he wrapped them boys up, man. All oh, Jason Tatum was looking very, <sighs> and just, 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 just hear me out, Kobe-ish, right? I'm, I ain't saying he kobe I ain't say any better. I'm not even comparing the two, but if you take their stats around 21, 22, Kobe's third or fourth year in the league, you're gonna see a lot of similarities. You are now. I'm not saying Jason Tatum is gonna be like Kobe or be better. Then you know they always want to compare players, but I mean his footwork, the shot fakes, the threes, the getting to the rim, look real Kobe-ish, man. They do, they do. Recipes to the great, to the goat. Recipes to my dog Mamba But Jason Tatum has got the bag I'm trying to tell you That guy look real Kobe-ish man And he let Toronto have it He let Toronto have it And he's really, he's a superstar now He's no longer a star He's no longer a very good player He's no longer just a guy that can get it done He looking like one of the best guys in the league man He looking very superstar-ish You know what I'm saying? Like top 10 in the league Type stuff, man. The type, the guys that get the max, the super max. Jason Taylor has been killing, man. So I'm, I'm eager to see what he's gonna do against the Miami Heat because you know they are gonna put Jimmy Butler on him, and you know Jimmy Butler is like, man, we shutting that down. What was my man from the, the Pacers? What was his name? Exactly. That's what. That's what Jimmy Butler did. Said we shutting that down. So I already know. I already know he got plans for Jason Taylor. I'm like, man, we shutting that down. So if he can perform at that high of a level. Against a team that's very defensive minded, you know, if he could do that against Jay Crowder, if he could do that against Jimmy Butler, hey, man, put him up there. Put the young dog up there. And if he performs like that, the Boston Celtics will be playing for the NBA championship. I'm going to tell you that if he performs like he did against Toronto, they will be playing for the chip. I'm trying to tell you. And, you know, the league, you know what they want. They want the Boston L.A. NBA final. That's what they want. You know, they want this so they can bring Magic back, bring Bird back, bring Rambis and all these. Bring back the series, the, the Boston versus L.A. 30 for 30. Bring that back. That would be great publicity for them. So, you know, that's what they want. They do not want to see a Miami Heat versus the L.A. Clippers finals. No, they do not. They don't want to see that. Okay, I'm telling you that right now. They don't want to see a Jimmy Butler Kawhi Leonard final. They don't want that. They want Jason Tatum and the young C's to go against LeBron and the Vets. Uh, LeBron and AD in the finals. That's what they want. So, speaking on that Game 7, we're going to stay on the Game 7 talk. I want to talk about uh, the Game 7 that we saw against the Jazz and the Nuggets. And I mean... When you talk about suspense, when you talking about competitiveness and just guys going at it, Jamal Murray and Spider Mitchell, they was out here playing one-on-one. Jamal Murray dropping 40, 50, 40, and 50 in three straight games. Spider Mitchell, 38, 44, 50, 53, or whatever it was. In the playoffs, them dudes was hooping, man. They was hooping, and when you get in a zone like that, when you just hooping... You know, you ain't got your mom in the crowd that already asked you for 35 tickets and what hotel you're staying at and what you're doing after the game. You're thinking about that. Strictly basketball with these guys. And these two were going at it, man. I mean, the bubble has showcased a lot of the young players that's going to carry the torch. That's why you ain't heard much about LeBron. LeBron is LeBron, but he's in year 17. These guys this young, man. This is the future of the league. Greek Freak, Jamal Murray, Spider Mitchell, Jason, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Like, this is the future of your league right here. J- Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, what, 28? Jokic. Jokic's like 24, or 25. This is the, the youth... Of the league, this is the this is the next phase. You know what I'm saying? Who's going to take the torch now? And so you're starting to see a lot, showcase on a lot of the younger guys that primarily, if we weren't in a bubble, you would not be paying attention to the Denver Nuggets. You would not be paying attention to, to the Utah Jazz. But guess what? In a game seven, you watching it. You watching Spider Mitchell cough it up with 13 seconds to go and they take it down. Boy, it misses a layup. And the Jazz have a chance to win it at the buzzer. Mike Conley, and bing, that close. The ball was halfway down. And they felt it. You, you know, you know, Mitchell was on the floor. It's like they felt that they really wanted to win. And a lot of time you talk about these NBA players and, and their desire for the game. But in an environment like the bubble, it's all about bragging rights, man. It's all about bragging rights. That's what it's about, man. Them guys really wanted to win. The, the Jazz and the Nuggets, man, they went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I really like the matchup of Gobert and Jokic. Jokic got the best of, of Gobert. Even though Gobert was, was blocking shots left to right, he got the best of that. Mitchell and Murray's going at it. Uh, but the Utah Jazz, if the Utah Jazz is going to turn the corner, they need high, higher production from Mike Conley than what they were getting. Now, they got they got some really good great games out of Mike Conley. When he's averaging 20, 21, 22, and seven, they're really hard to beat. When he's averaging 13, 15, and five, they're very beatable. You know what I'm saying? So Spider needs another complimentary player. Jordan Clarkson, cool, good player. Joe Ingles, cool, good player. He need another stud with him. And they paid Mike Conley to be that next stud with him. So those two guys got to figure it out. Mike Conley has to play at a higher level if they want to turn the corner and figure out how to beat a team like Denver Nuggets, who was playing without Gary Harris, who's now back playing in the series that he's in now. But if they want to turn the corner, they got to figure it out. But that game seven, it was such a battle, a, such a tit-for-tat battle. It came down to the last second, and Mike Conley couldn't get the three to go down, and they lose by two, and they add the bubble, and, and Denver moves on. So, the last Game 7 that I want to talk about, even though there's been a few, is the Clippers versus the Nuggets. Now, the Clippers look tired. They look tired. But you want to know why the Clippers look tired? Because in their first round series, their matchup versus Dallas and Luka Doncic, and Dallas gained them everything. They were one ejection away from, from it going seven games. They won it in six. Dallas was a good team. Luka came with it. So, they had to exert a lot of energy to get through Dallas in six. And you come right back. And you got to play a game seven against Denver Nuggets. And then you got to come right back if you win and play the Lakers. The Clippers got a tough road to the championship, a tough road to the title before the season started, it was already people just giving the Clippers a title. Like, oh yeah, the Clippers got it. They are gonna win it. They got Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi and PG. That's all you kept hearing. Kawhi and PG and Pat Beth. Well, first of all, Pat Bev has 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 not intimidated not near nobody, as they would say. Not a not a not a na nothing. Pat Bev ain't what Russell Westbrook said. Man, he don't be guarding nobody. He just be running around. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Pat Bev has not made an impact on impact on this series. And Paul George has been up and down. He's had some good games where he's dropped 33. He's had other games where he's dropped 12 and 14, 10 points in one game. They actually won that game. He was in foul trouble. They win the game. But, The thing about the Clippers, man, they look tired because they've been they've been playing a lot of basketball, a lot of really good teams, too. So L.A. has been sitting back watching the Clippers play all these games. It's like, all right, hurry up and get that series together so we can bump on Friday. But the thing that you need to know is if you really that deal, if like your team is the team, like a number one, number two ranked team. First of all, you don't act like the Bucs and lose. Matter of fact, not even lose, they get swept out of here with one of the best players in the league, if not the league MVP. You got to dominate if you're the number one team. You have to dominate because if you don't, you can't get to the finals and not dominate. Just look at all, all the teams that Michael Jordan had. They hate to go back to the 90s. But look, he really only had one series he had to bring it on. And that was against the Pistons, gets to the finals. First two rounds, four games, five games, sweet. We get these guys out of here, man. We ain't messing with y'all. We need a rest. And in a place like the bubble, we don't get a whole lot of rest. The Lakers probably needed a three, four day rest between games. And they getting rest now. They don't play till Friday. It's Monday. They don't have to play game seven. And they ain't playing in a couple days. So the Lakers is sitting back, like, all right, hurry up to get that uh that series going on so we can beat y'all, get to the finals. I'm gonna tell you like this: if the Clippers beat the Nuggets in game seven, they might get swept by the Lakers. It might get ugly. It might get very, very ugly. And the only way it doesn't get ugly is if Kawhi plays like League MVP Kawhi. That's the only way it doesn't get ugly in game seven against Denver. That's the only way it doesn't get ugly against the the Lakers if they happen to win this game. Because I'm going to tell you like this. The Kawhi Leonard that showed up for game five last year at Golden State. And you're talking about a guy that had uh, 36 and 14 and three. That guy dominated. That guy dominated game five at Golden State. And it was a pivotal game because instead of it going 2-2. It goes 3-1. The everything is in their favor now. And that's how they were able to win the chip. They don't win that game. They don't win the chip. I'm a believer of that. If Toronto goes into Golden State and they split and they come out of there 2-2, they Golden State finds a way to win. They'll find a way to win. Because they lost and then Golden State won the next game. So, so that means you can go back. To Oregon for the game Yeah They don't they don't win it They don't win it And for the Clippers Tell you right now For the Clippers to get out of the series with Denver For the Clippers to win the NBA championship And get by the Lakers You're going to need to see 35 point per game Kawhi You're going to have to see 10, 11, 12 rebounds Kawhi You're going to have to see 4 or 5 steals Kawhi Because if you don't If you get 28 and 10 Kawhi That ain't enough He's 35 or more need to dominate. You need to guard LeBron James and need to go at LeBron James. Like he ain't in his 17th year. Dude, you ain't even 30. Or if he is 30, he's pretty close to it. Like he need to show LeBron like, hey, man, I've beat you more times head on than I haven't. When I was with the Spurs, I was giving you I was lumping you up with the heat when you was with the heat. Like we gave, we swept y'all. We, I mean, we, we, we gave it to y'all. So you're going to need 35 point or more Kawhi Leonard if they're going to have to win this game seven. And there was a, a nice stat that I looked up for Kawhi in the last two seasons. Kawhi Leonard has not lost a game where he gets four steals or more. So I want you to pay attention to that. If Kawhi gets four steals or more against um, the Nuggets in game seven, it's, it's very it's very in his favor that they're going to win the game Because he's out there dominating If he out here, he don't get a steal he'll, That means he ain't dominating He's just a, one of the players on the floor So that's what the Clippers going to need And Paul George, PG-13, man You need to play like an all-league player Right now, he's just playing like a supplementary guy Paul George is not a supplementary guy If, you, if we're going to give you max money my man, I need 30 a night. I need 28, 29. I need that Curry-Thompson effect. Like, Curry and Clay, they giving you 28 to 30 a night, both of them. They're getting 55 to 60 points when they step on the floor. PG and Kawhi ain't doing that. And half of it's because of PG. PG getting 14, 15 a game. Kawhi getting 30. You can barely score 50 points between two guys. That ain't enough. You need 55, 60, a few stars. That's what they should be. Like, PG, 13... But the thing about PG is in in some of these playoffs, he's faded away, too. And Indiana kind of faded away. They had their chance with their foot on the neck and beat the Heat. They couldn't get it done. So, OKC fades away. So, I'm going to need PG-13. We're going to need to see this big-time superstar tandem to really dominate the game. And if they can, the Nuggets ain't got a chance. The Nuggets don't have a chance. If Pawal, if Pawal, goodness gracious. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, if they score 55 or more, it ain't close. This game ain't close. They get 55 more. If those two guys combine for less than 55, it will be a game. So pay attention to that stat. You see when I throw stats out like there, and I, and I do it on my teams all the time, and I'll tell them, look, guys, it's going to take 60 points to win this game. I don't care what the score is. I, I just throw random stats out there, but I've already done my research, right? And, and I told my team this. In the spring, in the summer, when we was playing games. We were playing against one of the top five players in the country. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. A guy named Michael Foster, guy six 6'9 beast. We're in the game, and I think we're up like four at the time. Or no, we're down. I'm sorry. We're down like four or five at, at the time. It's like eight minutes to go in the game. And, I'm, and we got like mid-40s. And I'm like, guys, we got a score. It's going, we need 60 points to win this game. And they all looking at me like I'm just throwing a stat out there like, yeah, I okay, coach, whatever. Guess what the final score was. The final score was 61 to 59. And we lose at the buzzer. So when I throw these numbers out there, I'm not just guessing. This is not an educated guess. This is stuff that I'm putting the bank on it. I'm putting the bank on it. Hopefully you're not listening to my podcast and going straight to Motor City Casino gambling. I hope you ain't doing that. But I'm telling you right now, if PG and Kawhi get 55 or more, they are winning the game. If they get 55 or less, they are losing game seven and the Denver Nuggets will play in the Western Conference Finals and they'll probably get sweeped by the Lakers. It'll probably happen. Either one of these teams, whoever wins this game, they're going to have a struggle with the Lakers. That's what I'm saying. So you got game seven coming up. It's going to be a good look. Both of these teams are playing very high-level basketball. Jamal Murray is playing like a superstar out of Kentucky. Kentucky. You never would have guessed that he would have put up buckets at the rate that he's putting up buckets in the bubble. Like I said, the bubble is different. You got guys out here that's just hooping and he's looking like, hey, man, I'm going to need you all to pony up some money for me. I'm going to need you to back up the Brinks truck. I'm going to need you to back it up because I'm a superstar level player. Once you drop 50, 42 and 50 in three straight games. Yeah. You you might be that guy. You might be that guy. I hope I hope this is not just a hot run that he's on cuz it's easy to get hot. It's easy to get hot and the the, the rim looks like, you know, a hula hoop. And you, whatever you throw in the hula hoop is just going to go in. I hope this is not one of them for them for Jamal Murray cuz he's been he's been playing like a stud. And Gary Harris is going to be very instrumental in this game cuz he's got he's got young legs. He's got fresh legs. He didn't play in the first series. You know, he's 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 a little bit fresher than some of these other guys, and he's able to, the play that he made against uh, Spider Mitchell, the defense that he played in the last two minutes is going to get him a big check. Guys that can play both sides of the floor, it should be a thing that everybody does. You shouldn't be a one-way player. Basketball is a two-way game. You don't play one side of the court. You don't play uh, offense and then go off the field. Like, you play both sides. So, somebody being a two-way player like to me just sounds crazy but it is what it is Gary Harris when you start talking about guys that can play both ends of the floor I mean the defense he played on spider Mitchell, he kind of locked them down he kind of locked them down for the money so he's gonna be very very influential in this matchup uh, in the game seven to see if, if defensively if he can turn some things around for the Nuggets but I mean when you talk about Denver, Denver, they got Jokic and Jokic is playing like the best big in the game. I wonder where you've heard that before. But they ain't really saying much because the center position now. I mean, look at the Houston Rockets like they played with two threes and a four. So like they they played without a center and they made it to the conference semifinals. We're going to talk about Houston here in a second. So, saying you're the best big in the game now is just like, uh, okay. I mean, it's a guard's game, and you're the best big in the game. All right, that's cool. But Jokic has been playing some phenomenal basketball. He's been playing some really good basketball. Just look at the numbers that he's put up in this series. This is just Jokic, right? Right? it's looking like, like I said, the best big in basketball. 15 and 3, they lost that game. Okay? 26 and 17. 32 and 12. 26 and 11. 22 and 14. 34 and 14. Come on, man. Stop playing with me, Jokic. And he's 24. Man, he's got a lot of basketball left in him. And he averages seven assists a game. Like, Jokic is playing at a very high level. But, 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 if If he's not that effective in this game, the Nuggets ain't got a chance, man. Nuggets ain't got a chance unless Jamal Murray and Jokic goes crazy, and they can, because who's the big that that, the Clippers are putting up against? Zubak? Zubak can't get it done. Um, Trail can. He's just smaller. So, Montrez, for real, he's just smaller. I'm not sure that's a good matchup for him, uh, because Jokic has been going to work. Um, So, yeah, man, that's the Clippers, the Clippers and the Nuggets game seven on Tuesday. Tune in and check that out. I'm going to be looking forward to it. Two things for you to watch out. If Kawhi Leonard is dominating like a game MVP, there ain't a single thing the Denver Nuggets can do about it. Not a single thing that they can do, because when it comes down to it, when the best players in the game really bring it, like really bring it, like triple, double, LeBron, 40, 20, 10, bring it, you ain't beating them. And if you do, like the rest of the team gotta drop. Just all straight duds. When they bring it like they can with Kawhi, if he comes, if Kawhi comes with it, 35 or more, Denver ain't got a chance. Denver ain't got a chance and they'll be playing against the Lakers. That's what everybody wants to see, right? So, moving on, I want to talk about Houston. So, Houston loses to the Los Angeles Lakers in five or six games. I think it was five games they lost. Uh, Dan Antonio announces he ain't coming back as the coach. Now, what is Houston going to do? Are they going to blow up the team? Are they going to blow up their concept of their small ball? And when you look at it, when I look at it, most people say that they don't like Houston and it's small ball. But I'm going to let you know like this, it really ain't small ball. There's a lot of teams that play like this, not this drastically, though. Like, they're drastic with it. Like, they're playing Robert Covington, who's really a three, playing him at a four, and P.J. Tucky, who's really a four, they're playing him at a five, and he's 6'5". But the thing about P.J. Tucker that makes this work is that he can make 38% of his threes, and the big has to come out of the paint. So you got to respect it. You either have to give an open shot, Respect to come out and guard them, or you're gonna be giving up layups because your big is outside of the paint, trying to guard a guy on the perimeter. So I like how they I like how they play. Why not? Why not spread the floor out, move the ball? They've been playing a little bit different than they were during the year. During the year, they were just letting James Harden rock. They were just letting them rock. Like you got the ball at the top of the key. Just go ahead and do something. And if somebody double, you, you know, give it up. They've been doing a little bit more than that. You see a little bit more action. See guys exchanging offside the ball. You might see a pass and cut screen going through. But they spaced the floor really well. They spaced the floor really well. And they let their guards get downhill. They let James Harden and uh, Westbrook get downhill. And when they do, they passing it out. They're making the one more pass. I like how Houston plays. I do. I really do. And I want my team to play like that. Why not play without a big? Who needs it? What you need a big for? What you posting up for? When the last time in the bubble, you saw somebody throw it inside, make a move and score and go out and get it done like that. It's not. That's not how the game is played. Now, I'm sorry, guys. You might not like it. I love it. I love a guards game. I love it. Space it out. Have your bigs come out, rise them up, dribble handoffs, ball screams, dive into the rim, pick and pop. That's how I want to play basketball. I'm not, I'm, I ain't posting you up. Sorry. Sorry, bigs. Unless I got a footer, I ain't posting you up. Now, you got a guy 6'8, six, 6'9 six, that can really get it done inside. That's like a, 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 a Chris Weber ish you know, those kind of big, bigs, if you athletic and long, man, get outside the arc, set the screen, run to the rim. I'm throwing it up there for you, like Clint Capella, right? He really, Clint Capella was really perfect for this offense because he could really set screens and run to the rim, but he just couldn't shoot. So guys would just lay off of him. So it was harder to get those lives because he couldn't shoot. He ain't never picking popping. If Clint Capella could shoot He would be much more valuable to this team this year than he did the previous year, but he can't shoot So i'm gonna need my bigs to learn how to shoot but houston man dan antonio was out of there It's reported that he's gonna go to indiana and play there with Indiana But Indiana got Miles Turner They got Miles Turner They got Big uh, Bogdanovich They got some bigs down there So what they gonna do They can't play You can't play small ball With Miles Turner That ain't gonna happen So you gonna get rid of your bigs They got, they got some Pretty serviceable bigs You gonna, gonna let the, the, the guards rock You gonna let Victor Oladipo Rock and get downhill I mean it's possible Possible awesome. you can you gonna let Malcolm Brogdon just get downhill and shoot all threes? I know Edmund Sumner would love it. I <laughs> love getting downhill, kicking outside for guys shoot threes. But what does that do for Miles Turner? So we'd like to see how if they do hire Mike D'Antonio, how is that going to affect how they play? Because I like the small ball concept that he has because that's how the game is played. It's a guards game now, and it's not a bigs game. So I like to see what they're gonna do there and. Again, I don't think this small ball is a gimmick. There are a lot of teams that are playing smaller lineups. Look at the Lakers. The Lakers didn't have success with Houston until they put AD at a 5. You have to play AD at a 5 and play smaller. You out there playing um, JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis, who are them guys about the about guard? They about to guard a guy coming off a ball screen? You about to guard a guy outside the arc, both of y'all? Yeah, right. They was making threes left and right. Like, I keep playing these two bigs, and it's going to be a series. And Houston made it interesting. But as I watch some of the teams around the NBA, you see a team like Miami, Bam and the the BIO, Bam Bam Bigelow, he's not your traditional big. Newsflash, he hardly posts up too. He don't post up. That's not how he scores. He scores off of defense, blocks, getting alley-oops, your occasional elbow jumper when they lay off of him. But he ain't catching it on the block and going to work. Joel Embiid, probably the only guy doing that. And you can see his teams ain't doing jack squat. He can't get out the first round. Trust in the process. Yeah, I right. Playing with these two bigs, right? So these two fours. That's how I want to play now. I want to play. I will rather play with two fours than... A five, who's gonna try to post up that can't post up. Right? They ain't giving you now. If I got a guy that can post up and give me 25 and 10, best believe I'm giving them the rock like that. But most of these these bigs in the league, they ain't doing that outside of Jokic and he's doing inside and out. So I don't think the small ball is a gimmick. The game is a guards game. It's just that the Rockets took it to the extreme. They struggled in this series because they had no answer for AD and they had no answer for LeBron. LeBron was getting off the glass and basically just posting uh, Eric Gordon up. Like, LeBron had a point guard spot. Like i mean it's a tough matchup because he he doesn't mind making plays he doesn't mind being a playmaker working the guy downhill and kicking it off the guys to make plays so you know i want to see what houston is going to do next Uh, do you break up the nucleus of james harden and russell restbrook and they say what hurt russell restbrook and the houston rockets in the series is that uh russ was rusty he was rusty. He had the hamstring injury and he wasn't the same, man. His his mid-range jumper wasn't there. His three ball is atrocious. Somebody from his camp get with me. Let's get in the gym. Let's get that together. Because because they guarding him at the elbow and they like they daring him to shoot it. They like, man, shoot that jump. Shoot that. And he can't he can't find the, the, the ocean, man. So Russell Westbrook was rusty. That hurt them, because if Houston for Houston to play at a high level, you need your superstars to play at a high level, too. And they were good. They just weren't like A.D. and LeBron. They were like A.D. and LeBron. So and they need more help for for Tucker and Covington. They need another athletic four that gives them help off the bench, uh, because, I mean, Covington and Tucker, they're they're good pieces. But they can't play all 48 minutes. And when you start making subs and you start getting smaller and you got Eric Gordon playing a three, like that's when you get into trouble. That's when you get into trouble. And that's why Houston struggled in this series. So the Lakers, man, the Lakers have been doing what the Lakers been doing all year, winning, dominating. Right. They've been winning. So they sitting pretty at the Eastern Conference championship, Eastern Conference finals. I know the only thing they got on their mind is a chip an NBA championship. And I'm going to tell you like this. This is LeBron's to lose this. This might be the chip that defines his legacy, in a sense, because it's his to lose. Like you got everything going against you. You got the number one seed. You got two series where you basically had your way with a couple teams. It's yours to lose, LeBron. Now I'm not a LeBron stand, I'm not a LeBron hater. I'm somewhere in between. I really like LeBron's game. But this is his title to lose. This is his title to, to lose. But they've been doing what they've been supposed to do, man. They've been doing what they're supposed to do. The Lakers look good, man. Lakers look good. And when AD brings it, when AD gets 28, 30, and 12, they, I mean it's there's nothing you can do about it. Would like to see him post more, but ain't nobody else posting. So why AD gonna post? He don't want to be a five, he wanna be a four. But for them to be effective and to win the NBA championship, they're going to have to play him in a five. But it works in their favor because since he don't want to post, guess where he is? He's outside of the paint. Guess what that does? Spaces the floor. Guess what can happen? Guys can get layups. Danny Green can get to the rim. Caruso can get to the rim. KCP can get to the rim a little bit. Rondo can get to the rim. And if they don't get layups, they're kicking it out. One more pass. I mean... It really works in their favor that he doesn't want to post because if he wanted to post, he's he's clogging up the space for somebody. I don't know who, but he's clogging up the space for somebody. And I want you guys to pay attention to this when you are watching the bubble games. Pay attention to how many guys get layups when they get a layup. I want you to rewind it when they get a layup. It's a guy in the lane posting. No, he ain't posting in the lane. That's why these guys can get to the rim and get dunks and get layups because it ain't a big posting in the lane with a guy guarding them. And they, when they drive, it's a guy taking a charge. It's spaced out, perfect for spacing. Guys are getting to the rim. They're getting air once and dunks. So that's the NBA playoffs, man. Would like to see the, the, the Lakers and the Clippers go at it. The battle of L.A., even though it's not going to happen in L.A., it's in the bubble. But I want to see Kawhi. And LeBron go at it. I'm not looking forward to seeing the Lakers going against the Nuggets. I'm just going to be honest with you. I want to see the battle of L.A. I want to see it. I want to see Ka- Kawhi go against LeBron. Something we've been waiting to see for a little bit. And I want to see if the Lakers can get it done. Uh, but it's going to have to start with the Clippers winning game seven against the Nuggets this week. So that's the NBA in the bubble, man. You already know what your coach and the most, man. So even though the playoffs in the bubble is is taking off and you got games going on, I still want to stick with the NBA. And I want to talk about a transaction that was made for a coach and for an organization. And I I just want to talk about it for a little bit. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. But the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets decided to get rid of their coach, Jacques Vaughn, who was in an interim basis. And they hire Steve Nash, who has zero coaching experience. He spent some time with Golden State as a consultant, as a player development guy. From what has been said, he spent a lot of time with KD and Kyrie. It was basically KD's call. Basically, this is the coach that KD wants. I hope it's not a situation that this is a guy that basically KD can do whatever for and not get pushed. And not have a real coach that's going to demand you to be at your best all the time and you shy away from it. I hope this is not a buddy hire. And what I mean by a buddy hire, no matter what the level, whether it's high school, college or pros, when you get a buddy hire, those guys usually don't don't match up the par. They don't bring it because they got on because they just know the guy who got the job. They know the guy who can make the call for them to get them the job. That's a buddy hire. Any level, high school, college, NBA, those guys struggle because they didn't get hired off what they know. They got hired off of who they know. So you got no idea what their experience level is. This guy, Steve Nash, they never called a timeout. He ain't never did a scout. He ain't never sat on nobody's bench. And now he's the head coach of an NBA organization. Now, is he a great basketball mind, has a very good basketball IQ? Very much so. But even Steve Nash said it himself. He cut the line. He said, you know what? I cut the line. I understand the down flight that some black coaches, African-American in this game, don't get the kind of jobs that I've just gotten, and I'm fortunate for it, and I'm going to prove the naysayers wrong. He said something to that effect, and he was right. I'm glad that he admitted that he skipped the line because that's exactly what he did. But some people will say, well, what about Jason Kidd? What about Derek Fisher? What about some of these guys that, they just get the job. And you know what I tell them? It's privilege. I'm not saying it's white privilege. It might be a little bit of white privilege, but it's privilege. People in the NBA have a pri- have privilege. Why did they keep recycling the same four or five coaches? Tom Thibodeau keep a job on him. He could go two and two and seventy nine, get fired. And in two seasons, he's somebody else head coach. And the New York Knicks bring him in and be their head coach. Like, Doug was trash in Minnesota. He was trash in Chicago. And now you're going to bring him to New York. He's going to be the same thing in New York. We were recycling the same coaches. So they're probably thinking out of the box, like, okay, he's not one of the same coaches. We just going to hire Steve Nash. This guy ain't got no experience at all. Now, can he learn fast, and can he pick it up? He probably will, but the reason why I don't like to hire is because you got assistant coaches that's been busting their ass for all these years, and Steve Nass is come right in, cut the line, and get a job. Not just any job, though. The job. You get two of the top ten players in the league. We're not talking about you taking over a team, and you going to Charlotte, or you going to Phoenix, or something like that. Like, you getting the top-tier team, team that got talent, that's got max players, like you're coaching KD, come on man, I think Byron Scott was the one that said it, like Byron Scott basically said, yeah, you know, guys like Steve Nash, they get good jobs, just because of who they are and who they know, whereas other guys like me and other black coaches, they gotta settle for the the bad jobs, and hope to pray we don't get fired by mid-year. Monty Williams gets fired mid-year. Like, come on, man. Like, what are we really saying? Are we saying that if you know the right person, you can get the right job no matter what it is in the NBA? That's basically what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this. Since his experience and his, and I said it on my Twitter page, since Steve Nash was such a good player development guy at Golden State, best believe Willie Green better be getting a job pretty soon. And my brother, you know, Rashad Phillips tapped me and said, "It's, it's, it's in the works. So it works. You ain't got to say too much more, so it works. So hopefully that that chance comes for him. But he's got experience. He's been sitting on the benches. He coached in the summer leagues. He's called timeouts before. He's played in the league. Guy like that should be a head coach coming here soon. Guy like Steve Natchez, because you're a high IQ player, the point guard, one of the, the top 20 point guards ever. Yeah, he's top 20, top 15, or top 10. Top 20. He shouldn't he shouldn't have got the next job. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion. But it's a lot of these coaches like Steve Nash that look like Steve Nash. They get these great job opportunities that a lot of my black coaches don't get. And that's just the bottom line of it. And that's why a lot of the the black coaches or just coaches in general just don't like it. It's because here's another example of Yep, there we go. Of course, of course Steve Nash with no coaching experience gets one of the best teams in the East. With Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Ah yeah. Yep, of course. He don't get a bottle. He don't get the Cleveland Cavaliers. He don't get them. He get a top tier team with no experience. So will it can it work? It very well could work. Like Jason Kidd was a very good head coach. Mark Mark Jackson. Very good head coach. Just got blackballed. Just got blackballed. Very good head coach. I'm gonna like the NBA to stop recycling these head coaches. I like the new blood. I, I see what they were trying to do is that we're going to bring some new blood in here. We're not just going to recycle some of these same coaches, get somebody different. But I mean, Steve Nash, man, come on, man. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it. And I hope some coaches are, are taking notice that. So when Coach K, when Coach K resigns, who's taking up for Coach K? Who Who going to get that job? Who going to get Duke when Coach K resigns? That's that's the job that I'm looking at. Because if these guys with this privilege, if they gonna keep it up, it's gonna be whoever he point to is like, I need you to hire him. You think Duke could hire Johnny Dawkins as their head coach? You think they'll do it? I don't know. They might. But I guess who's gonna have to say so? Coach K. He's gonna have to say so. He in his 70s, so in 10 years he's not gonna be coaching while he's 80. So somebody's gonna have to get that job. And that's why I'm just I'm just playing my role. I might go back, I might be back in the coaching college. The next five or ten years or so Because somebody got to get those jobs And it's a trickle down effect But we're going to see That's that's the job I'm looking at If Coach K retires I got a question for you If Coach K retires Who gets that job? Who's the next head coach at Duke? It'll probably be Wojo yeah, a guy like Wojo who played at Duke who's has been getting it done at Marquette somebody like, somebody like Wojo or something like that So we'll see so, it's your coach that knows who's the most man. I just wanted to talk about the Steve Nash hire, the Brooklyn Nets, man. I'm off the NBA, man. I've been talking about it for 45 minutes, man. I'm off the NBA. <laughs> Gotta move on. So, I want to talk about just a little bit of college basketball. Right now, it's kind of a dead period. Ain't much going on. Guys are just getting back to campus and starting to the workouts. They got masks on. They're social distancing. They're cleaning balls. No pun intended. And... Uh, not a whole lot going on Not a whole lot going on in college You got some guys who are committing to schools But the NC—the one thing that I did notice About the college basketball Is that Mark Emmerich And the people that run the, the NCAA tournament They said they're having a tournament Somehow, some way. Whether it's got to be a bubble Where it's got to be multiple sites with no fans They will have a tournament in 2021 So just pay attention to that Locally, you've had a couple guys make some commitments here. Uh, Julian Lewis, let's talk about Julian Lewis a little bit. He commits to William and Mary. And you, you try to think that how does a guy from Michigan get recruited to go to a school in Virginia? Well, they have a very Midwestern staff. One of, one of the uh, top assistants coached at Toledo and coached at Ohio for so long. So he knows that the Michigan area is untapped. There's, there's talent all over the state of Michigan that play all over the country. And why not come and play at William & Mary? We got another guy there that played on your AU team. He'd be like, man, who is that? He'd be like, oh, Quinn Blair. Like, oh, he plays for y'all? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he played 30 games. He only averaged 15 minutes a game, but he's playing like five points a game. He's playing. He's just a sophomore, though. he got two more years. Why don't you come and play with him? So uh, Julian Lewis out of Ann Arbor Huron commits um, to William & Mary in Virginia. Like I said, there's another reach legend on that team, Quinn Blair. And that's that's a good look. That's a good look for Julian. Would like to have stayed in-state, but what some of these in-state schools are doing, I have no idea. A guy like Julian Lewis should not have to go all the way to Virginia to go to a good school and play basketball. So now his family got to travel all over the country just to watch him play. So you had Legend Jeter, Legend Jeter, 6'7", um, Stretch 4, not Stretch Forward, I mean, he plays multiple positions. He's just a player for River Rouge. He commits to Providence. And last time, Providence had a Michigan high level player as LaDante Hidden, aka Buckets. And it worked out well for him because he's one of the best players in school history. And legend jeter can be a difference maker for a program because he does all the intangible stuff he go check he gonna get rebounds he gonna get steals he gonna dive on the floor take a charge he gonna do that kind of stuff but he's adding some offensive tool some weaponry to his game and for him to be effective in the big east he's gonna have to be able to score you gonna have to be able to shoot so hopefully he's working on his jump shot but you had legend jeter commit to providence commit to providence so um, yeah, like I said, there's not a whole lot of talk about on the college end. they're supposed to vote whether they're going to start practice uh, October 1st or not. So be paying attention to that. College basketball will happen. You're going to have some college basketball. But at what level? How does it happen? How does Michigan State play when they have three hundred and forty two new covid cases and they tell students to quarantine? How are they supposed to play in that environment? So, that's going to be, we're going to have to watch that. You're going to have to watch how basketball, college basketball is moving because they haven't made any decisions yet. College football is moving on. They are playing games now. They are moving on. And the Big Ten is trying to figure out because they're looking at the SEC. They're looking at Alabama on TV. They're looking at Notre Dame on TV and they're like, ah, uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Everybody else on TV except us. What are we going to do? Because we love them TV checks to come in. So, just pay attention to that college basketball when it actually starts. It's probably gonna be sometime soon. And you are gonna have a season and you will have an NCAA tournament in 2021. So we back, man. She coached the nose hoops the most, man. That was my college update. Not a whole lot going on in the NCAA. Not a whole lot going on, but there is a lot going on in high school in AAU. You wanna know why? Because I've been in these streets, I've been in these streets. But now here, man. When out here coaching, AAU with Reach, Reach L Y2LA. We did three sessions. I call it the Grassroots Showcase. We did two showcases in Wisconsin, and we did another showcase in Indiana last weekend. And just a couple things that I want to talk about, my experience of coaching at the AU level at the 17 and under, while COVID has been taking it on. So I want to give a shout out to AC and NY2LA. Uh, he puts on a great event. Whenever he puts on something, there's going to be some players there. It's going to be some coaches there. And it's going to be some good games. It's going to be a good environment to play. The one thing I appreciate for his grassroots showcase is that it was very detailed. It was very safe. Like, you had to arrive before the game, 15 minutes before the game, and you couldn't go in and just sit around or be in the gym. Like, that's not happening. You had to sign a waiver form before every time you came in the gym. You were temperature checked every single day. Spectators had to walk in with the team. After the game, they spray spraying down the benches. They're sanitizing the ball. Everybody in the building had a mask on outside of the ref, outside of the players playing, and the coaches Everybody else had a mask on. And if you did not have a mask on, they was checking you about it. And if you had an issue, you had to go and you could not come back. So a lot of safety precautions in this tournament. I like that because as somebody that has two little kids kind of don't want to get exposed to the virus if I don't have to. So I'm very careful about the places that I go to because I know the virus is out there and it's real. At this tournament, their precautions were at a high level, and I appreciate that. I really appreciate that because it, you're in and out. You go in, you play your game. After your game, you leave. You don't stick around to watch somebody else play. And also, one thing that was key, there was nobody inside the building under the age of 18. So if you're on a 16-under team and you want to go watch the 17U game, you couldn't go as a spectator. It was nobody under the age of 18 if, if you're not playing. So I thought that was huge because it kept numbers down inside the gym. And it was a really good tournament, man. You had some teams that haven't heard of before that had some really good player. Mack attack has some really good players. Like who is this Tyler hero? All the Tyler hero teams were really good. Uh, they got one of the best players in the country, Patrick Baldwin jr. And he's every bit of a six, nine guard. And he had 20 points on us and didn't break a sweat. Like that dude is Unreal. Um the point guard, Tyrese Hunter, that's going to Iowa State. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you like this. Next year, next so not this season, next season of college basketball, right? I want you to watch Iowa State and Tyrese Hunter. He will be playing at a high level for that team. Oh, yes, sir. He's Kimber Walker with athleticism. He dunking, he windmilling. He dunked on my little guard so bad. He looking like I can't guard him, coach. And I'm just like, oh, man, young pup did got he then got exposed. But it happens. You know, you either get exposure or you get exposed. And in the events that we played in for AAU, I like coaching AAU, man. Keeps your game sharp, your pin sharp. So when I'm coaching high school this year, I'm able to, like, keep the momentum going because I will be on the high school sideline this year. I ain't telling y'all where, but I ain't y'all glad to guess because when you see me coming you're gonna be like, oh, oh man, we got a dogfight on our hands now I ain't telling you Everything ain't for social media You just gonna pop up And I'm gonna be like, it's game day And I'm gonna have a logo shirt on And you're gonna be like Oh, I didn't know you was over there And I'm gonna be like Yeah, well it is what it is now you know what I'm saying? You can only keep Coach Cam, you can only keep Coach Cam down for so long. And I'm back like a new bra strap, baby. Yes, sir. It's time to get it in, and I'm ready. I'm itching. I'm ready to get at it. So when I'm coaching AAU, in my mind, I'm really coaching high school. And I coach these guys like I would coach my high school team because that's what a good AAU coach should do. But we ran into some studs, man. We ran into some guys we had no business playing. We had no business playing Patrick Baldwin, who's got an offer from Duke and Kansas and North Carolina. You, Michigan, like, dude, dog was unreal. Unreal. He could shoot it, he could get to the rim, he could put, man. Come on, man. It's a 6'9 guard. Like when I saw his profile just fell to the floor. Like my man profile says, a 6'9 guard. Ain't no six, They were 169 guard in Michigan. His name, Imani Bates. We might as well have been playing Imani Bates. I'm like, oh, man, but guess what? The coach and I am, like, man, we about to chop these trees down, man. But my team, they, they wasn't really cut like that. They, they wasn't ready for that smoke. They wasn't ready for that smoke. Uh-uh, they, they what? We, we got smoke. 30-piece. Yeah, 30-piece, my man. Say 20-piece. Twenty piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 20 pieces. We had to pass sticks. We did. But it's, it's a learning lesson. So in AAU, if you're not playing the best teams that you can play, why are you playing? If you're a basketball player, you're not playing the best teams and the best players around. Why are you playing the game? Why you playing this just so you can put on your social media that you the best player in the gym? Sometimes you're going to get your butt kicked. Sometimes a team is going to beat you. Sometimes you're going to run up against a guy who can't, who is better than you. Much, 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 much better than you. And guess what? You still got to play against them. So what I told my team after that butt kicking and we cooked was that you can't tuck your tail and close your eyes. You still got to play the game. At some point, you're going to play up against a stud. What you going to do? You going to quit? You ain't going to play because a guy has six, nine guard? So what? I bet you if you got off, you'll get a scholarship. Like, damn, that guy put 30 on Pat Baldwin. Like, Who is that? That's how this works, man. So you can't be scared of high level players. My team played, we played 12 games, 12 or 13 games. And there may have been one game in which they didn't have a guy that's not gonna play at the next level. Every other game had guys that are going to play at the next level, play in college. We played uh George Hill's team and they had a kid that was a sophomore. He dunked on my guy so bad, chest to chest, I thought it was going to end up on Sports Center. I'm like, man, you about to end up on SportsCenter, dog. He just dunked the socks off of you. And high-level players, man. So, George Hill had a really good team, played against them, played against uh, Tyler Hero's team. They were really good. Uh, so, we saw some very good basketball in these three showcases. The last showcase in Indy was a little weary. I will be quite honest. Didn't like the safety precautions. It was not as safe as the prior two. Basically, anybody with a band could get in. No temperature checks. Like, it it was nasty, man. It was nasty. You had people all over the place. It was in downtown Indy Convention Center. They had 22 courts in the convention center. And you had... Two tournaments going on, so you had the run for the roses, which is the girls' side, and then you had the grassroots tournament going on. Man, it was 400 teams down there. I'm looking around like, man, I know Corona out here chilling. He he chilling, waiting to jump in somebody's book bag. I know he is. Somebody then got the Rona from that. I've been coughing, so hopefully I didn't catch that. But if I did I would have gave it to my kids And my wife by now They would have known something Hopefully I did not Knock on wood Pray to God I didn't um, But I did not like to The precautions And it was one of those things Where AC took his name Off the event And we are looking like Why didn't I take NY2LA take their name off the event. Well, part of it was uh, they're like, Man, we're not about to get caught up in this. Like, somebody from here and it's an outbreak because y'all ain't doing no temperature checks and you ain't doing no waiver forms and you got any and any, everybody watching games. This is like it's nasty. So, that's the one thing I did not like about that tournament is because it was all wild in the open. So, while we're talking about tournaments and exposure, I want you guys to follow Mitten Recruits. Recruit the Mitten. It's it's no longer just a segment on this podcast. It's a movement, man. I'm putting people in place. I'm giving guys and girls the exposure that they are lacking. The website is coming, right? I already, already got the dot .com. It's coming. I'm going to start doing reports, start doing videos, start throwing out some scouting reports. And this is not a scouting service. I'm not doing this for no money. I don't ever do nothing for money. That's probably why my bank account is what it is. But I just started DoorDash, you know, that's the easiest money you can make. But I ain't sponsoring nothing. They ain't cutting me no checks, so I ain't, you know, whatever. But you already know what it is, man. So follow Mitten Recruits on Twitter. it's just a movement that I started, it kind of spiraled into something that's really good. And you got some high-level coaches that are following the page now and following what we're putting up. So make sure you go follow that because the movement is coming and I'm really impressed with the girl side. Really in really really impressed. There are some high-level girls basketball players in the state of Michigan. Now, their high school teams might not match up. Been watching a lot of AU. They high school teams might not look the same. And they best they might be the best player for 15 out of the 20 games that they're gonna play. But it's a lot of girls basketball that, that can these lot of girls that can play. I stumbled upon a girl that it's, this girl don't even play high school here in Michigan. This girl go to Ohio. She from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Go follow this girl, I'm telling you. She the next one. Her name is Ayanna Patterson, right? I'm telling you, look her up on Twitter. She already dunking the ball with two hands. She doing workouts where she making a move on the cone crossover, make another move on a cone crossover, spin move, dunk. Like, she's the LeBron of girls basketball right now. I, I'm not kidding you. I'm, trust me, Ayanna Patterson. Look her up. She plays for Ohio United AAU. Uh, she's out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. The one, the reason why I, I know who she is, cause Jordan Wright, my homeboy's uh, daughter, plays for the team. I didn't get a chance to watch some play. I apologize. We was getting our head cracked last weekend, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. Didn't have a chance to go watch as many hoops as I wanted to. But she plays on the team. That's how I noticed. And this girl's high, high, high level. Like the type of girl that go to UConn and go to the league, high level. And she already dunking. So. But here in Michigan, very impressed with girls basketball in Michigan. There are a lot of AAU AAU programs that are doing it the right way. Shout out to my teammate, Lil Larry. He got the West Side, West Michigan Drive booming. He like, man, on my 17 U, I had four four girls going A1. On my 16 under, I got another four or five that's going to go D1. So we're doing good things. So shout out to Lil Larry. That's my guy. He runs the West Michigan Drive the girls program, and just really impressed Michigan Mystics, I mean, Michigan Crossover, of course, the whole Edison girls team, all of them got D1 offers. Incoming freshmen coming in with offers. I'm telling you, like girls basketball, at Team-wise right now, it's not very high, but there are very high-level players that play in Michigan. It's a big girl from the west side of the state that go to UTS. She got offers from everybody in the country. She's 6'8", though. She big as a house, but she getting it done, she could play a little bit. So I'm very impressed with what's happening on the girl side. So pay attention uh, to what's going on with Mitten Recruits at Mitten Recruits on Twitter. I'm going to have more updates for the girls. So I'm going to start telling you about more girls' basketball on my podcast and my platform because that's what I do. And I want to end off my podcast with the Flame 5 Watch High School Edition these are guys that had a really good summer these are guys that i saw on the circuit getting it done first one is keon Minifield. now that's daddy crazy oh man it's daddy crazy but guess what he's calmed down some and i like that but the kid is a stud he's grown a couple inches plays that flint Beecher. when i tell you like this if i'm in the gliac i'm tr- i'm getting on i'm all over him right now because if he keeps stretching out, he's going to be a for sure mid-major player. For sure. Not even close. He's for sure a Division one player. because of size, because he's a little guy, like, stature-wise. Like, he's not a big bruiser. But he's skilled. He shoots it at a high level. Can get to the rim. He's athletic now. He's dunking now. So... Like Mike Williams, he knows how to get guys to the next level. Keon Minifield has been playing outstanding basketball this summer. Will Smythe, a guy who played at De La Salle, who fired the coach and tried to call me to get me for an interview a month after I applied. Sorry, I'm already taken. He was at De La Salle. He was just a screener and a passer. But this kid, one of the best shooters in the States. One of the best shooters in the states. He will be playing at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. He's had a really good summer shooting, you know, making four, five, six threes in the game like it's nothing. Watch out for Will Smythe. He's going to play an important role for Orchard Lake St. Mary's. I'm telling you right now, he's going to make four or five threes in the game. And he will make that coach very, very happy. But, you know, you know how some of these coaches are, man. You tell them about a kid and they think that you just selling him because he plays for you like no like actually the kids one of the best shooters in the state so so that's him will smite braylon green braylon green played with Bates fundamentals really good summer for braylon dominating his age level straight dominating is he gonna stay at ipsy lincoln probably from what's been told to me he's gonna stay and if he doesn't he'll probably end up at edison um high level player as a sophomore one of the best sophomores in the state uh, he's, he's had a really good summer, man I, I need for him to, to keep adding levels to his game I need that three ball to get there If the three ball gets there, it's over It is over So so he's had a good summer Rob Davis Jr. out of Farmington all right. Played with a few Played with Bates Fundamentals And a couple other teams He's put on some muscle So he's always been a little skinny guy He's not a little skinny guy no more He's about a 6'4, 6'5 Long lanky can shoot it um, with the best of him, he's putting on the floor Now he's getting to the rim Robert Davis Jr. had another really good summer So watch out for him And the last guy I'm going to tell you about Picked up an offer from Oakland His name is Max Cooper Whoa When I tell you th- Oh, not Max Cooper Max Burton, sorry Max, 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 Max Oh my goodness This kid, is six- a nine shooter He goes to Williamson out of the lansing area oh my goodness this kid got a chance to be a pro he's got a chance because he is a high level shooter he one of them guys when he make it it's all net it's slack out like it's loud You're like man i know he could do that he ain't rattling him in he's six nine and he shoot a purest day so that's a kid i'm telling you keep an eye out on him because i'm telling you right now the kid can flat out Stroker, a couple other kids that have looked well that I've seen, uh, Junior Cooper Crags out of Catholic Center. He's just a he's just a beast inside. He's a beast. Nobody wants to post in the morning. He'll post. He'll post, and you he'll have results. Devin Womack out of Ann Arbor, Huron. He he's looked really well. Just got an offer from Lake State, which some means people are taking a minute, taking notice now paying attention, Devin Womack, I think he has a chance to be a low-major, mid-major player, but he's got to add more consistency with his jump shot, but he's played well in the summer, man, so, the one good thing about these last tournaments that played in August, you had the class of 2021 had the opportunity to be seen on live stream, and had a chance to play, and that's huge for them, because they didn't do anything in the spring, so you got a lot of guys who didn't get seen, and if you didn't do much in in the pandemic, it's showing, and it showed pretty well, but there's some guys, and these are five of them sick with an honorable mention has played well during the summer. So that's it, man. It's your coach and knows the hoop the most. I'm back, baby. Bringing the podcast back to you, man, because I'm, I'm back motivated. I'm back to getting this basketball talk in. Like I said, I took my little quarantine, took my time off, had to get back into it, man. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this hour-long podcast. Hopefully you had something to do while you was doing this. You weren't just laying on the couch. You were still being productive. You were at work. you doing a workout. you on the drive. Whatever you're doing, it, keep doing it because it's your Coach, not my coach. It's your coach that knows hoops the most. back at it, man. Wanna well, thank y'all for listening. And I'ma holler at y'all in a minute, man. Peace. She's that dude, too cool, so smooth with the hoop news. Every week we talkin' hoops. This is season two. So buckle up for this ride. That's what you need to do. Cause we talking hoops. Yeah.